Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, volunteering DC style. There's so many talented people in the city who have incredible vision and want to tell these stories and care a lot about their community. I mean, I always say that people walk through our door, not only are they creative, but they're engaged in a civic way. They want to do service work in their field. When people talk about Washington, D.C., they often think about politics and Congress. What is not as often appreciated is how entrepreneurial this community is. Many people talk about it from the context of for-profit businesses. The reality is, is creativity is everywhere in our economy. To discuss this and bring us up to speed on some very interesting changes in the creative economy here is Liz Norton. She is a founder of Stone Soup. Thanks for taking some time. So happy to be here. It's the best business name ever. I love the story of Stone Soup. It's a great, it's a great tale. How does that relate to the business that you're doing? It's completely connected to the business because we, the communications and film and all that we do are completely collaborative. So just like the old folk tale, you can't do anything on your own. You know, soldiers came, they were hungry, everybody contributed, and the entire village feasted on a soup they never could have made on their own. That's completely what we do at Stone Soup. Everybody from graphic designers to animators to editors to assistant editors to producers and camera operators everybody pitches in to make something that individually they never could have made on their own every one of those person every one of those job titles you just described I would not have thought for a moment that you had that kind of talent here in D.C. Oh, com uh, completely. I moved here from New York. I was the biggest chip on my shoulders. Like, there's no pickles and there's no editors. You know, I just was completely <laughs> obnoxious. I never thought I'd find out an editor at Katz's Deli in I New know, York. I know. It but... was like, and so for me, I, I was never, I mean, this is my hometown. So I came back and I was completely, I had such a jaded view of the city as being so staid and government related. And I had a, a you know production career in Manhattan. And so, of course, I thought I was, you know, vastly superior. Of course, all New Yorkers do. Yes. And so when I started Stone Soup, I was hoping, you know, for 15 or so volunteers, I thought that would be sort of like the sweet spot. And it was kind of I was insufferable at parties. I just was like everybody. And I was like, do you know anyone who's a camera operator, an editor, a producer? I mean, I just was the most intolerable person. And then turns out I was so wrong because uh, this the 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 creative economy in DC is unbelievable is just thriving. I mean it's it's the biggest growing sector within the district right now. So what what ended up being hoping for 15 ended up being in the course of several years hundreds and hundreds. We almost have 700 volunteers now in the industry. Oh. So what supported the the accumulation of that uh, of this this expertise? Now, I know that the local theater scene is surprisingly strong and people don't realize that. I mean, Arena Stage and what Molly Smith's doing there, for example, just one example, Signature Theater. I mean, there's you know, Wooly great, Mammoth. Wooly Mammoth. There's great stuff going on. But where does where does the industry come to support these creatives? You know, there's a deep, dark secret here is that actually the government makes a lot of video. I mean, think about all the different sectors of the government that have to do communications, but they're very procedural, like their how-tos. And like if you go to get, like, for example, if you do jury duty, you go sit there in jury duty and there's a video that shows you what is jury duty and how do you do it. And somebody had to make that. Hmm. So there's a huge industry here of procedural sort of how-to kind of training videos, industrials. But what those people don't get is creative freedom in their work. So there's this catnip at Stone Soup Films where we, because we partner with nonprofits and we produce and donate those films to nonprofits for free, the the trade-off that we make with the organization is if you get a, a film for us for free, you don't get editorial control over that project. You have to defer and have faith in us. We do a deep look at what you're doing, but we 
then say, okay, thank you so much. And then you don't see the film until it's finished. So all of our volunteers who are stuck in a lot of these jobs that were normally what you'd think of would be Washington, sort of, you know, regular kind of industrial work, um, have unbelievable creative freedom. And I think they're wanting to burst out. There's so many talented people in the city who have incredible vision and want to tell these stories and care a lot about their community. I mean, I always say that people walk through our door, not only are they creative, but they're engaged in a civic way. They want to do service work in their field. So just like, you know, lawyers have been leveraging pro bono for so long, why can't why can't a camera operator leverage pro bono? Leverage the power of their creativity. I, there's no reason why they couldn't as long as there was a network available to help connect them, right? right? So, so there comes Stone Soup. So we just provided this platform with a tiny, wiry staff and really scrappy. We provided this platform for people to come together. Sound entrepreneurial to me. The not-for-profit community here, it strikes me, it's, again, unappreciated for how entrepreneurial it is. What are you seeing uh, in the local not-for-profit and social venturing scene? Is it active and where is it active? You know what? I, this... Is the most moving and incredible thing about this city is that when you look at all of the problem, look any urban area, Washington D.C. has a share of problems, and you know the city is extremely divided. Most sides of the people, you know, most sides of the city. You go east of the river, it's just a, it's like another planet. Why is that? What is that about? But and you, it can be very overwhelming. So if you're a well-intentioned person, the too muchness of it is so discouraging. But if you peel back the layers. Everybody who cares a lot about their community is taking a tiny piece of it. So someone is taking the like early child literacy. Someone is taking the, you know, inmates coming out and being reabsorbed into the system. Somebody is taking the struggling high school readers issue. Somebody is taking the diaper bank, you know, that there weren't enough diapers. Like everybody is taking their little piece of whatever their interest is. And those are the people who come through our doors. Recently, I had an opportunity to uh, talk with uh, an author who just finished writing a book about disengagement in our society Mm -hmm. and suggested that employers are doing an absolutely terrible job of creating a reason for people to come to work. Do you think that in some ways people are finding meaning in their lives more and more through social venturing and engagement in that way? That is really interesting. I think that meaning in work is a very is un, extremely undervalued in the corporate world i think that there is especially in this next generation you know most of the people who work in our office are between 20 and 30 i have never seen it is so different from when i was in when i was in that was you know it, having meaning in their work is so important that they're willing to live in a group house and eat ramen so that they can come to work and have value in their day. And I think that you, when you're even when you're lo- looking at the more sort of corporate structure, incentivizing having your employees come work for you and like to work there and stay there is extremely valuable for the employers. Absolutely. Now, give us an example because this sounds very intriguing to me, and I want our listeners to really get this. Is there a, a recent documentary or product that somebody can go look at? Uh, on the web or elsewhere to get a sense of how this all comes together. Yeah, I mean, I have it's asking. It's like asking me to pick my favorite child. Oh, I'm which sorry, I would never but that's do. what I have to do. Uh, but uh, there are so many. First of all, we are what I call issue agnostic, which means it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're helping people in Washington. So you can't be a national organization that has a local office here. So let's say I think I mentioned the diaper bank. That's a great example. Um, Corinne Cannon was a DC you know, DC resident. She was had a regular job. She had a baby and um, had an extremely difficult time with that child. And she was married, and she had this terrible night where she wanted to do something very violent to her child. And she was so wigged out and freaked out about it that the next morning she woke up and said, I have to quit my job and think about what do single mothers need? 
And she found out that D.C. was one of the few cities in the in the nation that did not have a diaper bank. She went to all these frontline agencies and they said, we desperately need diapers. They're not covered by women wick. They are considered a luxury item, which is ridiculous. So she started a, a diaper bank totally out of nothing. And it's this unbelievable. They've given away millions of diapers. She serves frontline agencies and they use it as a gateway to get people to do better nutrition for their kids and better literacy and better, you know, get them enrolled in Head Start and it's just an ingre- a wonderful example. So the film that we made for the diaper bank, they never could have made that on their own. They didn't know how they had to they have to rely on donations. You know, she was like standing at Whole Foods trying to tell people about it. I mean, these people need communications help. They are so good at what they do, but they don't know how to tell their story. People tend to think about not-for-profits as being very traditional top-down organizations, yet there seems to be a lot of innovation occurring in social venturing here in D.C., right? We are seeing incredible innovation from nonprofits for the same reason that D.C. has that alchemy of higher education and people who are higher achieving and people who are drawn here by public policy and making the world a better place or whatever that means is filtering down into the nonprofit sector. So you have organizations that are the unique, the only one of its kind. And we're seeing so many of them across the board, you know, uh, uh, from a bike shop that's teaching kids how to make and then they keep a bike at the end. And it's also training them to sort of work on develop their own entrepreneurial skills to all different kinds of, you know, if there's food issues, uh, they're teaching kids nutrition. And these are unique models. And this is very unusual to Washington. And I think it's I think it's one of the most exciting things going on in the city. Runs completely counter to the image that most people have of D.C. being a place where innovation doesn't happen. So now you know if you are an entrepreneur in the social venturing or not-for-profit space and you need help telling your story, there's a resource for you at Stone Soup. And if you're a creative and you're looking for a way to be more creative and make a difference, you want to also seek out Liz Norton, founder of Stone Soup. Liz, what a wonderful opportunity to learn about an organization that's entrepreneurial and making a big difference. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you've been listening to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. My producer is Tracy Madigan. And as you know, this show is about promoting why Washington, D.C. is a great place to do business and why it is a great place to be an entrepreneur and innovator. You know, our town is a lot more than government. Social entrepreneurship, doing things in a new way to solve needs. These are the kind of things that happened in a really unique way in the greater Washington region. That's what this show, What's Working in Washington, is about. But it's only as good as you and your participation. So if you've got an idea for somebody that we should be talking with, let us know. Tweet us at, at What's Working DC and let us know that there's a story out there that needs to be told. I'm Jonathan Aberman. I'm out. <laughs>